Welcome to the Wake the Giant broadcast. I'm your host, Alan Garrett. In the studio with me today, I have Chris Van Scoy. This is part two of How to Study Your Bible, Bible Study Tips and Suggestions. So which translation uh, should people use? Um, and uh, the goal of a translation is to communicate correct meaning. So if I'm talking to somebody, I'm going to use, I'm going to use a translation, uh, do a comparison. I'm going to use the word translation in a, uh, in a language context of just speaking. So let's say I, I go down to Mexico and I have a translator. They're going to want to communicate what I'm intending to, con to communicate, the meaning. Okay? So that, keep that in mind. A translation uh, is concerned with, with communicating the correct meaning. Um, a word-for-word -word translation can be more difficult to read, and the meaning may not translate quite accurately. So uh, a lot of people, times people think word-to-word -word is more accurate. It, it can be. But we're going to look at some instances where you go, uh, you wouldn't want to communicate that one word for word because it's going to communicate something different because there's something called idioms that people use and different linguistic things, statements and phrases that don't always translate well. Um, but, um, go on the back here. Uh, Meaning for meaning translations can be more, be more biased because there's more interpretation involved. So that's, uh, meaning for meaning can be really good in some instances because literal won't quite do it because we don't understand the original language. Um, but uh, if you do meaning for meaning, sometimes it's more readable, more understandable, but sometimes more bias can creep in, more opinion can, can creep in, in into what it means. Yeah, I, I prefer the more literal, mm -hmm. um, but I always tell people when they're starting out to try to read a meaning one. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's certain translations that mm -hmm. I think catch it better in our language to catch the meaning and the point. And mm -hmm. I think that's good as you're learning, um, as you're you know learning to walk, learning those disciplines. Mm -hmm. um, but later on, I, I like the more literal because mm -hmm. now I've developed my study time, my habits, and I learned to study and. When I come across some of those, um, you know, verses that you mm -hmm. go, what? Then you can, then you start to look up the words and you begin mm -hmm. to understand. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, I mean, that's how I get ministered to most of the time by the Lord. Yeah, I, I remember I was teaching. I was, I'm a teacher, so uh, by trade, I'm a, the, I, I, I'm a theol. I was a theology major. I like theology. I, I can read Greek. Um, love that kind of stuff, but I, by trade, I'm, I'm a teacher. That's how I support myself. I'm a pastor, but I support myself. Um, and so I was teaching at, at Foothill High School in Sacramento, California, and I was the, the special ed department chair there. And I remember the principal at the time came over the loudspeaker and he said, okay, remember, period three, we're going to do a hall sweep. And he went off the loudspeaker. And I had two Russian women rush into my room and they were really upset and they were going mr garrett mr garrett he's going to want us to to grab a broom and go out and sweep the halls that's not in our job description we're not janitors and they were they were paraprofessionals so you can see that sometimes meaning uh if you took a if they were taking a literal interpretation of what he was saying so word for word gives a great literal literal definition, but I had to explain to them no it's it's a um it's a figure of speech sweeping the halls that means we're going to go and and uh make sure the kids that are tardy we're going to lock our doors and the kids that are tardy are going to get ushered into uh the cafeteria and they're going to be given a detention. We're trying to deter being late to class, so they totally misunderstood what a hall sweep is because they didn't uh, because they they were taking a literal uh, definition of what was made what was being said. Does that make sense? So that that that'd be one instance where where you don't want to take it literally. Um. So uh, translations that are more formal or more literal that would be the NRSV, the ESV, uh, the NASB, New American Standard. King James Version, KJV, and New King James Version. Um, in the middle are more, more like the NIV, 
the Net Bible and NAB. I think it's New American Bible. You wouldn't uh, put NKJV in the middle? I um, think it's more middle? Um, maybe. That, that, might, that might go towards some... And these are just kind of... Yeah. I'm just, opinions. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I have not really... I, I'm kind of given from what I've read and from what I've... Uh, the research I've done. Um, and so people listening to this, if you're a Bible scholar, you might disagree and put one in one right. column or the other. I'm just kind of giving a little uh, general. And then something that's more functional would be like the NLT or God's Word. Okay, uh, The NLT is, is very meaning-oriented, not, um, not as literal. Yeah, so, I like the NLT, for, especially for new believers. Yeah. Um, so there, there's, my point is that there's a spectrum. Okay. Um, uh, here's some illustrations of, of translation challenges, okay? And uh, so some of them have to do with idioms or figures of speech. Matthew 1.18, um, Mary is pregnant. In the Greek, the, the literal would be, she's having it in the belly. Now, we would read that and go, having it in the belly, if you're, if you're word for word literal, we're going, well, what does that mean? Did, did she eat something? Or the context maybe looks like it's uh, she might be pregnant, so I'm guessing that's what it is, and you'd be right. So it just would be an awkward translation of the text. So we would say most they'll say she was pregnant or she was with child. Okay, uh, Matthew four four. It's kind of uh, interesting that I think the New American Standard translates it literally this way, but Jesus is talking and they say, and opening his mouth he said, now we don't talk like that. Because it doesn't really make sense to us. Like, how would you say something if you're not going to open your mouth? Would Jesus go, mm, mm. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. You know, it's in opening his mouth. So maybe that means he was speaking loudly or clearly or there's a context there. And actually, the New American Standard does translate that literally and opening his mouth, he said. But other ones will say that slightly differently because it's a little bit awkward for us. Um, there's another passage in Mark... Uh, 5, 7, John 2, 4. Um, uh, the literal translation would be, what to you and to me, or what to me and to you. So what to me and to you doesn't mean anything to us. So translators usually say, what have I to do with you? Jesus talking. Um, another example would be 1 Samuel 25, 20. Um, Paul, I mean, uh, David is talking and he's upset for the way he was treated. Um, and the word male translated as male is kind of interesting. Let me read it to you, the passage, and then I'll tell you how, what it says in the original, <laughs> why we translate it the way we translate it, why we translate it the way we translate it. Okay, so this is the passage. It's 1 Samuel 25, 20. I'm going to start in 21. Now David had been thinking, in vain I guarded everything that belonged to this man in the wilderness. I didn't take anything from him, but he has repaid my good with evil. God will severely punish David if I leave alive any uh, uh, alive until morning, even one male from all those who belong to him. So, um, so it says I'll, I'll leave alive uh, even one male is the way it's translated. But if you look at it in the original language, uh, it would mean one who urinates on the wall, which is really weird. Yeah. So if we read that, and it would read literal, it would be, if I leave alive until morning, one who urinates on a wall from all those who are uh, belong to him. That would be really awkward. Yes, so, so what are they saying? Well, they're saying it's a man. Make sense? So sometimes uh, literal is not always the best. You want to convey meaning. Okay? I tend to like, I'm like Chris, I do like literal translations, uh, one, uh, ones that lean that way a little bit more. And I'd rather struggle with the text and have a little bit awkward uh, reading because uh, sometimes you do get more interpretation involved in, in some of the other ones. But they're easier to read. And if you get a good one, they're good. The King James uh -huh. literally says, he, any of it pisseth against Does the it? wall. No <laughs> way. They kept that in there. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, yeah. It's just, I wanted to see if they how they did it. But yes, they did. Yeah. Because if you didn't know what the phrase would mean you might think he's he's just really angry at people that pee on walls, so he wants to kill them. <laughs> well, That's not what it's trying to convey. Who, would, who wouldn't be? You know, uh, 
it's, and it's great. Like on my phone, the, the software uh-huh. there, it, it makes it clear that mm-hmm. uses a designation of a male, yeah. like, but it does literally translate yeah. it. It's literal. Yeah. That's you know, sometimes the words that, that they translate literal mm-hmm. would bring some <laughs> shock and, and especially in Christian places. Yeah. So you have ones that are more literal, you have some in the middle, and then you have some that are more functional that really do focus a lot more on, on the meaning. I but, like, but they can have some interpretation involved. I like to, when I read the literal one and I'm studying, mm-hmm. I, mean, I always start with the literal, but mm-hmm. if, so as I'm reading and something uh, sticks out to me or something, then I go read mm-hmm. it in the, like a new uh, NLT mm-hmm. and see, you know, to try to catch the meaning, mm-hmm. how they interpret it. You know, so so I, I read a lot of different translations when I'm when I'm studying verses and that to, to see that you know. Um, uh, sometimes I will pick a uh, something like the NLT if I'm if I'm uh, teaching or talking to people who don't know a ton about the Bible and it's a little more easy to read and I agree with the um, the interpretation of it. Um, okay, there are also some that are called paraphrase versions. Um, and if you paraphrase something, yeah, almost got on Getting some noise here. I'm not sure why. It's gone. Went away. It, there yeah, we go. It started. It was gone. Cool. The devil. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's a paraphrase? Well, if um, it, uh, it's almost like uh, it's almost like summing things up or trying to make something a little more simple. If I if if you're par- paraphrasing. Uh, something someone said, you're giving them, you're giving somebody else the gist of what they said. Make sense? So a paraphrase version, um, examples of that would be good news for modern man, the Phillips uh, version. Um, I would put the passion translation here. Now yeah. I'm going to know I'm going to ruffle some pa- uh, feathers there, but um, if you look up... Uh, okay. I would put it there too. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the... Uh, there's one... Uh, um, Maybe I'll think of it. There's a, um, uh, uh, some theologians on, on YouTube that, um, that that have commented on that, and I, I, I like that particular group. I'll, maybe if I remember it, I'll, I'll tell you guys in, a, in the future. But um, uh, so anyway, so um, I would I would put it there because it, he's just one man translating the Bible, um, and they've done they've looked at it, and he tends to translate it with a particular flavor. Some of them are good. I actually like some of the ways he translates stuff, but it's translated from a, a charismatic bias, which I'm charismatic. Um, so I kind of, I like the way he says some things, but it's not the best um, translation. You know, and you can look, you can look it up, on, on, do a YouTube search on it and, and, and people that talk about it. And uh, just watch out for the cult watchers that want to bash him. I think it's great for but, a devotional. But it's a, yeah, it's great for a devotional. I would recommend yeah. reading it, but just realize it's not the best study Bible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and then if you're in Mountain Worship, uh, Map, Danny's, uh, Danny's uh, version of the Bible, he's trying to put things in his own word. It's just an exercise. He's, going through, he's not going back to the original Greek on every single passage, although he does on some. And map literally the end. Of the yeah. key is paraphrase. Yeah, <laughs> modern awakening paraphrase, paraphrase or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So um, and it's not it's not complete. He just does scriptures as he feels led to do them and puts them in his own words. And that's actually a really good exercise for people to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They, uh, Danny's learned a lot from from doing those kinds of things. And he puts it out on on uh, the internet. I think he has a book. Um, can't remember what the title of the book is. Uh, uh, it's a, he wrote, he did a devotional, Danny Stain, and, and he uses his own. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, yeah, I'd have I to look gonna, it up. But anyway, it's, I was going to say redefining church, but that's not the devotional. No, it's not the devotional. In fact, I think I did a I did an episode with him. So if you want to search for it, you can find it on uh, on my YouTube channel. And uh, anyway, um, but that uh, that's a paraphrase. So not bad. You know, they're they're good in what they do. Sometimes they're they're good because you can pull something and and if you know it's uh, the original stuff, you can go, okay, I like the way this says it, and you can use that. Does it make sense? But it's just not the best study Bible. Um, so that's what a paraphrase version is, kind of. Um, so uh, Bible study tools. This is something that can be really helpful. Um, there are a lot of good electronic sources out there. One of them would be e-sword.net. Now, if you're looking for some good free software, 
Um, uh, the people who put this together, e-sword.net, they have tried to do things as cheaply as possible for people and come up with some really, really good software. So all the stuff that is, uh, uh, I guess, not copyrighted, uh, yeah. public domain is, is, I guess, the, the word I'm looking for it. Right. Um, the older versions, the older of, of the Bible, those are all, are all on there. He'll do this, uh, like the, the original King James Version with Strong's numbers. So you can actually do word studies. When I was writing my book, I started it out using that software. It's free. And then if you want to get some of the newer translations, you can you can purchase them for a nominal fee. Yeah, there's a wide wide range. That's what I use um, to study. Do you so, use eSword? Yeah, and yeah. They, I mean, you can. There's a lot of free stuff. There's a lot of stuff you can buy, mm -hmm. you know, for any rent. And then there's some expensive stuff in there too. But it's basically uh, pretty much what you want to add in there. Yeah, you know, and and I, uh, they've done a really good job at the modules making them for that. And mm -hmm. I mean, the the software itself. I, I've tried other ones, but I've I'm so accustomed mm -hmm. to the easiness of eSword. That's my favorite. Yeah. It's good software. Um, the one I use the most is something called Accordance. Accordance Bible software. Great stuff. Um, once you purchase it, I think it's like two, 200 bucks or something. So it's fairly expensive. But once you do it, you have it. Does that make sense? Logos. A lot of them now are subscription-based, you know, too. So mm -hmm. it used to be you would buy it, and then if a new version came out or updates, you had to get that. Um, so now it's kind of like all softwares, software is a subscription. You can get a logos mm -hmm. and you pay the monthly fee and anything that's updated is updated, you know, different ones. Like mm -hmm. there, there's a wide variety out there that are good. Yeah. Accordance is, is, uh, I think a one-time fee. Yep. Um, e-bibles, there's a, a bunch of them online. You, you can, uh, just type in something online. It'll be three or four e-bibles that come up. They're ones that download onto your phone and they'll have different versions. So, so those are helpful. Most people know about those. Um, Google and Bing. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm listing those. I'm listing Google as a Bible study source. I use it all the time. I'll be in the middle of a, a meeting a, a group, uh, that I'm leading, and I'll want to know a scripture. I'll say scripture about, and I'll type in it, and it'll come it up. It'll, it'll pop it up, and I can look in one of the, on one of those e-Bibles, and it'll give me three or four translations, and then I can pick one and read it. So if I'm in the middle of prayer... And I want to, and my, my, my brain doesn't tell me the exact place that that's referenced. I can find it using Google. Boom, there it is. Or DuckDuckGo. Duck, yeah, DuckDuckGo. Um, if you don't want to be tracked. Yeah. I, I actually like them knowing I'm using the Bible, huh? <laughs> I'm using the Bible. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, Wikipedia. Okay, I'm going to shock some people by, by saying Wikipedia. Now, I would not recommend Wikipedia as a primary source. Now, like if you if you put that in a paper that you're writing at a seminary or a, a Bible college or something like that, they will f, you know, because uh, it's it's not a it's not a primary source. Does it make sense? But it can lead you to primary sources. So if you're looking for a, a subject, um, a lot of times people put some good information in there, and it can lead you some decent to some decent primary sources. So I, I even think Wikipedia. Wikipedia can help you just make sure that you're checking out the primary sources. Makes sense and that you're not, you know, because anybody can type anything into them. Um, but sometimes they're good. Uh, some general helps. Um, study Bibles. I, I, I don't know, what, what do you, uh, do you use any study Bibles, Chris? Um, I have in the past. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, now I, I tend not to. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I've used lots of mm -hmm. study Bibles in depending on, um, mm -hmm. like when, when I was in the Wesleyan, mm -hmm. you know, in the Nazarenes I had a Wesleyan study Bible, mm -hmm. which is obviously their, where their fundamentally their doctrine mm -hmm. is and stuff, which, uh, gave insight into that. I have a charismatic study Bible. I've mm -hmm. got the fire Bible. Mm -hmm. I've got, um, I've Bibles that like are application life study application Bibles mm -hmm. to give you things. So. I've used quite a few different ones in, in there and they are good. Um, mm -hmm. do their, you know, in uh, but like, like we said, you have to remember that those notes are there, um, from mm -hmm. somebody's interpretation. Yes. So, so sometimes you may have questions about the notes. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to know the other things and the other places to look. Yeah. 
And often with a study Bible, you'll get biases worked in there. Yeah. Uh, some of them on like uh, uh, gifts are for today, gifts are not for today. The one you pick will will influence, uh, you know, your opinion. So make sure that uh, on some of the subjects, you don't just take, you, you have to understand the particular bias of the study Bible you're using. Yeah. That makes sense. And then whether you want to agree with it or not. Some of them are easier. Like the Wesleyan Bible, mm -hmm. it's Wesley. You know what I mean? You, you know where their bias is coming from. The yeah. fire Bible, you know where the, but sometimes it's just mm -hmm. a study Bible. And yeah. so that requires a little more discernment and there mm -hmm. a little more study on your part. Mm -hmm. The one thing I do like about study Bibles typically, um, I like to, you know, we, we talked about authors and dates and, and those mm -hmm. type of things. Usually there's a, Right before the the book, you know, let, let's say you're going into Galatians, it'll have a page that says written by Paul, you know, this mm -hmm. such and time, this area, etc. Yeah. Um, and I I like that because it gives you a quick breakdown, as a synopsis, and some of them get pretty in depth. But but at least from that view, if you're trying to learn some of that stuff, mm -hmm. good way to good way to start out. Sometimes your the back of your Bible has uh, um, it has an additional book. Yeah. My wife and I called it the book of concordance. I'm, I'm yeah. having fun there, but um, concordances. It's like a, it's a, uh, it'll, it'll list everywhere a particular or not everywhere. Uh, an exhaustive con concordance would list everywhere. Like the Strong's exhaustive concordance would list everywhere uh, the word grace appears in the Bible, and yeah. it would have the Strong's number next to it, so you could see the differences between them. They have maps. In mm -hmm. the back too. You maps know, in the with, back. With maps study and charts. Bibles, yeah, yeah. Not study Bible. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever seen one with maps. You know, so mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that's that's good because sometimes mm -hmm. you know where Phythegra is or mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever. It does. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's actually a concordance that's a little bit different called the Young's Concordance. I haven't heard yeah. much about it uh, recently, but it will list like it'll go through and it'll it'll have the like the word love and it'll list all the different words for love. So it's not it doesn't do it necessarily alphabetically like uh like the strongs would do but it's kind of nice because you look at the word love and it'll give you every single different word for love and so you, yeah. when you look at it that way it's easy to see there are three different major words for love in greek eros agape phileo and eros is kind of like the love between a husband and wife phileo is like a brotherly love and agape is more like unadulterated pure love like god has for us Mm -hmm. So you can learn some different things when 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 you use that um, uh, cross reference tools. Now cross references are usually if you have a Bible and you see that column down the middle and it has verses in it. That's often uh, cross references. And so what it will do is it'll take you to a similar passage or something that might pertain to that. Yeah, or a word that might have the same mm -hmm. word used, used somewhere in the same else. way. I tend to not use those very much. Some people really like cross-referencing. When I when I was a newer mm -hmm. Christian, I used it a lot. Yeah, um, but then I you can get too reliant on it, and you you lose out on some of the other study stuff from that. You can lose out on, on a little bit on context. Yeah. So I I, I actually uh, I've been doing this for many years. Uh, I, I became a Christian in 1967, I think. Um, and so I, um, I've been reading the Bible for, so I, I'm kind of my own cross-reference. Makes sense? I'll, I'll remember a verse and, uh, and I'll go, I'll use Google or whatever and, and then I'll, I'll go check it out myself. Um, but you can do that. You can do word searches with, with the Bible study software they have. You can do it in uh, eSword. You can do it in... Um, uh, according to Bible software, and you can just do a search, you know. So, I think that's that's actually more valuable. Um, uh, Vine's expository dictionary. So sometimes a good uh, Greek dictionary can be helpful. There are a number of them out there. Uh, a lot of your electronic sources will have more than one. So I have yeah. a big old thick Vine's over there on the shelf. I don't I don't particularly use it anymore because it's in my it's in my computer. Yeah, most of it. Mm -hmm. um, so Thayer's, Vines, they have Greek dictionaries and Greek, um, you know. So they'll, they'll, they'll help define things sometimes. Nave's Topical Bible. 
that, that uh, lists Bible verses by topic. Sometimes that's helpful. So if you want to look up something like the Holy Spirit, it'll have a bunch of different things on the Holy Spirit. So if, like, for instance, you were doing a teaching for your Bible study on the Holy Spirit, it would list a whole bunch of them in one place, and you might be able to find something that was helpful out of that. Um, this one I use. Number, uh, it's number seven on mine. You guys aren't following the, the numbers I am here because I haven't said what they are, but a Greek a Hebrew interlinary Bible. I use this all the time in, um, in my accordance software. And so what, uh, what I'll do in the accordance software is I'll be looking at it in, in Greek and I'll put my cursor over it and it will show me how it's translated into English. Great tool because it's helping me, it, it, uh, it, uh, helping me go deeper into Greek, learn more. Because I, I know some Greek, I can read some Greek, but I'm not like the world's best translator but I know some things, you know? So it will help me uh, kind of, I can decide more whether it's literal or if I like the meaning, if it makes sense. So anyway, so those are really helpful. If you're trying to learn a little bit about original language, um, you can look at the word below and you can look at how it's translated above. So um, I like the electronic ones because you can switch translations. You can, it's a little bit easier to work with in my opinion. Um, Okay, uh, biblical encyclopedias. Uh, sometimes it can, it's kind of nice because you can look up something like a king. Who was this guy? You know, you can look up uh, uh, Sylvanus. Who was Sylvanus? You can find out the same thing. He, he was the same thing as uh, uh, Silas. Silas yeah. and Sylvanus were the same guy. Um, you, wouldn't, uh, you might not know that unless you looked up the guy in, in, in the dictionary or in the uh, encyclopedia. Uh, commentaries. Uh, commentaries can be good uh, if you get a good one. Um, uh, sometimes I've, I've looked at commentaries, and this is my pet peeve with some commentaries. They just explain the text. And when, I can figure that out by reading it. I don't, I don't need you. But some of them will go into the Greek, uh, and they'll go into like some of the uh, different interpretations of the passage and why. Um, I'm trying to think of any ones. Let me see if I can go. You, you talk for a second. I'm going to go pull one off. Yeah, computer. I would just say um, from a commentary standpoint, it, again, it's it's someone's interpretation. It's someone's – so there's biases there, but I, I find them valuable a lot of times, especially if I'm um, struggling with something, an understanding of something. Um, sometimes you find some really good ones there. Like Alan said, some of them are kind of eh. And, but you'll, you'll find the ones that you like to use. Um, you got to try to be careful not to just confirm your biases too in your interpretations with them because you, you can find ones that you know you like because it fits the way you think and um, you, it's good to see how lots of different people think with that yeah Tyndale yeah um, so one of, my, one of my favorite New Testament scholars is a guy named F.F. F. Bruce so he did one for Tyndale so I'm holding that up for people who can see that that's a little older one uh, so Tyndale New Testament commentaries, I like those. Um, New International Bi Biblical Commentary on Philippians for F.F. F. Bruce. So sometimes you can find somebody who's a New Testament scholar if you like them, and if they do a really good job of it, you just buy, you, know, you don't have to buy the whole set, just buy uh, you know, the ones by that guy because he does a really good set. So he's good, Gordon Fee is good. Um, yeah, I mean, like I, I was, I was saying, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of your preference. You, you, but be careful not to get locked into someone that's completely mm -hmm. your preference because yeah. you want it there to make you think and and get a better understanding and wider perspective. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, I like a lot of things that interpret things differently. Mm -hmm. You know, I, yeah. I like to see that. Yeah, good point. Um, so, and then, uh, I put down here one year Bibles. So they're the ones that take you through reading through the Bible in a year. My wife loves these. The other day I caught her reading through the genealogies <laughs> at the, uh, at the beginning of Matthew and stuff like that. So sometimes they can be a little bit like you're going, uh, so-and-so begat so-and-so, but it will give you context and it will give you uh, the whole Bible, a whole Bible perspective, which is really, really valuable. And there's, uh, there's something to be said for not just picking the books that you like and the passages that you like that, that, you, that speak to you. you know, uh, can you get something out of Leviticus 
Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it's harder for me. I think it's important that you read through the whole Bible. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so, um, a lot of people have a hard time doing that because Mm -hmm. like what you're saying, some of those are hard, but I mean, I think those are great, but, um, like I'm not really that interested in Jewish dietary laws, (laughs) but I think at least at some point, if you're a serious Christian, it's, it's a really good thing to do. Maybe at least once or twice, read through everything. Yeah. You know? There's a reason, and so that's why the one-year Bibles or the study plan Bibles, however they are, um, you know, you can mm-hmm. go out online too and download like a three-month reading plan or or whatever mm-hmm. to get. It doesn't have to be one year. There's all sorts of ways to to get through the whole Bible, and if you need that, I, I would strongly encourage it. Um, now I'm going to move on to a section that I'm going to call just different tips. So they're things that that uh, we think are valuable. Okay. Um, so sometimes the Bible, if you're not engaged with the author of the Bible, and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, okay? Ultimately, um, there's some scriptures. Uh, one, uh, one in 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So it's, it's uh, inspired by God. I think other translations say God breathed there. Mm-hmm. So um, there's something that's really valuable. Uh, thy word have I hid, this is Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. Psalm 119.105, the word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, so it, um, it's important to realize it's God breathed. It's like God is the author. So he intended, I mean, he's in control and he intended this book to get put together. So if you separate yourself from him, you're, you're going to miss some things. If you're, if you're, if you're not really connected, uh, like I would say, connected to the vine. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you're not connected in to God. I'd say there's like, it's mm-hmm. always a balance with that, mm-hmm. right? Because you have the people that begin to study it and it's purely academic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a living book. It's alive because it's written by the Spirit of God. And you have the people that throw out ac- academics. Right. And it's, not good total, it's all the Spirit and it's all what I felt that morning or what the Lord told me that day and there's never any academic to it. Yeah. And, it and so it's, a, it's important. It's a narrow road, right? Jesus talked about it. It's a narrow road with everything. Try to stay in the middle mm-hmm. Try to because it is both. It is yes. both. There's There's the study part, but then there's the spirit part. And when they come together, you benefit. I, 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 this is one I stole from John Wember. I'm not sure if he, it was an original for him or he stole it from somebody else. But the Bible is a menu, not the meal. Does that make sense? So the purpose of the Bible is not... Uh, like if you go into a restaurant, you pull out the menu, you look down the menu, and the purpose of the menu is to introduce you to the meal. Well, with the Bible... It's, it's, it's like a spiritual menu. The purpose of that is to introduce you to Jesus and God's ways. It's not to, you don't eat the menu. And it's, it's not God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, I, we should esteem Scripture. I read those three Scriptures just before I said this. It's, they're, they're important. I mean, it's, the Bible should be important. It should be highly esteemed. But the purpose of it is not so we can quote a whole bunch of scriptures and know a whole bunch of stuff. It's so we can, it, it's, it's to introduce us to the God of the Bible, and it's, it's so we can, it's like a user manual, so we can know how to live life. And so for those two reasons, to know God and know how to walk out this thing called Christianity, uh, that's, that's why we need those things. It keeps us on track. It's like a, a plumb line. Yeah, it's, I mean, like that's what I was saying. It's just a balance. It's always going to be that balance. As long as mm-hmm. everybody's alive, it's going to be that balance of, you know, you can, mm-hmm. you can beat people with it. You can know scripture. You can memorize it all and beat people mm-hmm. with what they're supposed to do and literal translations. And you can make that your life or mm-hmm. you can ignore it. And, and then you're not going to get the benefit of how to walk it out. So um, that's a good way to put it. You know, it, it is ultimately everything in the Bible is so- revealing something about either the Lord or how we relate to the Lord, how he wants to relate to us mm-hmm. and walk it out. So, um, I w- um, here's another tip. Stay consistent. Some people say, I just, I don't understand the Bible. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I get that it can be hard because you're learning. It's almost like learning another vocabulary, another set of vocabulary, ways of saying things, ways of communicating. Because there's there's words they use in the Bible that we don't always use, or we don't use in the same way. Um, so just stay consistent. If you stay consistent, I guarantee that uh, that you'll be blessed. That that the Lord will speak to you. That your life will be changed. That you'll have more ammunition against the enemy that you'll know more of god's ways yeah i would say um you know we're talking about all these study methods and everything that can Mm -hmm. seem daunting and there's a time and place for that but if you're starting out or if you're not you haven't been consistent just Mm -hmm. get back into reading the word god will speak to you there you know the way i always pray before i read it speak to me what you got for me today lord and uh he's never left me empty yet but it, it's it's alive it's it's a living book that's it's the great part in just being consistent in there like um some people you know they try to read so much if you're having a hard time read what you can that day you know mm-hmm. and just let the lord minister to you maybe it's what i told you jesus wept it's a two sentence verse mm-hmm. i thought about that verse for three months you know it, the lord has something there don't try to you're not you don't need to run the marathon right off the bat if you are not a reader and, and reading is difficult for you, get an audio Bible. There's, there's a thought for you. Grab an audio Bible. Um, they have them you know, that are read. Um, as long as they're not too wacky. I remember I had, a, uh, back in the 80s, someone gave me a tape series. And uh, they were acting things out. And they had demons screaming. And, and it was really cheesy. And it's like, I, I, it's in King James language. I, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't listen to this, um, but there are good ones out there, you know. So get an audio Bible, um, and then consider this: get it, getting an audio Bible in a translation you like, and you can even play it while you read. That's a strategy. I'm, I'm a teacher, and I teach special ed students. The ones that are difficult have difficulty reading, we will do that sometimes. We'll get them like uh, a read the text aloud as you read along, and it increases reading comprehension. So. Or just listen to it over and over again, and then go back and read it. You know, so an audio Bible can be really good. Memorize scripture. Lost art. I remember growing up. I don't know uh, if your your church last church did that, but growing up, they had us memorize Bible verses. First John one nine. If we confess our sins, He is faithful to uh, forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I memorized that in the late 60s. Yeah. I still got it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's a, it's a good... Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. I'd say the easiest way I found to do it, mm-hmm. there's intentionally like, you know, flashcard memorizing mm-hmm. those type of things. Um, the way they actually taught me, mm-hmm. it was always encouraged, but yeah. just being in the Word. Because if you read it enough times, yeah, then, it's going to... It's going to be right there. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's good for us, let's say um, that, that God called on you to lead someone to the Lord, to pray a prayer, pray, you know, we go pray the sinner's prayer, but like somebody said, how do you become a Christian? And you needed to explain what it meant to be a Christian. I actually, when I was younger, m- memorized the four spiritual laws, okay, on all the verses with it. I don't know if I could pull it all out now, but I could get it generally because it's been so many years since I've, I've, I've gone through that particular. Or there's, there's the Romans Road, yeah. which is, has all the principles of, of what it really means to be saved doctrinally. Good things to have. You meet somebody with, that's in a cult and you can pull out one of those verses. Sometimes that's pretty helpful uh, to do. I think you had that verse in there. You know, it's mm-hmm. I, the word I've hid in my heart. When... When you're in the Word every day, meaning you're reading, you're, you're consistently reading in, in, in the Word and studying in those parts, it's it's in there. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised when you're ministering how it comes out. You're like, how did I remember that scripture? But it, the Lord, it's like hid, it's just hidden because you live in that and it just comes out, comes out, comes out. Yeah. So um, I said this one bef- before. Um, get to know one book at a time instead of verse hopping. Kind of said that before. But I think that's really important. I mean, you, you can verse hop sometimes. That's, that's okay. It's not like that's wrong. But um, make an effort to get to know one book at a time. 
like think think to yourself, I'm gonna own that book. I mean, like own it, like it's like it's in you. I'm getting that book in me. Um, I don't have every book of the Bible that way uh, in me, but I have some of them. A lot of the reading plans mm-hmm. will have you hop around. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree mm-hmm. with Alan. It's better to kind of stick in your yep. area, like because you're gonna get the full picture better. Yeah. I remember one time I uh, I was on a quest. Actually, I started writing a book. I hope I finish it someday. On on how did the early what was the ministry what was the mission of Jesus and what was the minis, mission of the early church and how did they walk that out? And so I I, went, I spent a lot of time in Acts. I actually made my own maps. I, I go I want to make sure that those maps are accurate. So I I made little maps with all the cities and I and I I tracked I tracked Philip's journeys. I I tracked. Uh, Peter's journeys. I've tracked Paul's journeys. And so I wanted to find out what did these guys do? Where did they go? I found out all kinds of interesting things. Like I didn't know, but Antioch, uh, where it was like, it was the second big center for Christianity. That was the fourth largest city in the Roman empire at the time, major metropolis. And I thought, well, I used to read it before and I went, okay, Antioch, that's like uh, probably some small town or something. But no, it's like it was a major, major city. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was behind Ephesus, behind Rome, behind Ephesus, and Alexandria, Egypt. So it was huge, bigger than the Jerusalem area. So um, anyway, uh, I, and now I really, I, I, I own Acts to some degree. I mean, I, I, I know what's in Acts, you know. Um, so that, that's really cool to do. Um, start with an easy book. Don't start with Leviticus as your first book. That's just me. I mean, you can if you want, but Leviticus is all the priestly stuff and rules and that kind of stuff. And you know, there's there it's there for a reason. Especially it was for Israel. But and there are things you can learn from it. But um, but I wouldn't start with that one. I'd start if you're new Christian, start with something like the Book of John. Yeah, that or, was probably the best advice I ever got. <laughs> Or Luke Acts. Yeah. Luke Acts was originally one. If you want to know kind of what Christianity is, Luke Acts, because you got a, you had a gospel, you got a walking out of the gospel, you know, for the early church. So that's really good. Um, let's see what's next here. Um, value being in the Word. The New Testament leaders devoted themselves to prayer and the Word. That's why they established the. Uh, they picked deacons. They they set in place deacons in the early church. Some who functioned, they had some things, needs that need to be uh, taken care of, and the uh, po- apostles really couldn't get to to leading quite in the way they wanted. They they needed to devote themselves to prayer and the word, and so um, it was a priority. It was one of the priorities of the early church. So we should, do, if we want to walk out this thing called Christianity, we need to uh, devote ourselves to the word. Um. Uh, the word meditate in the Old Testament, it can mean to mutter or to chew. So it's like you chew it over. You, you, know, you know what I mean? Like a, a cow chews its cud. So uh, we need to learn how to meditate, go deep. Um, let's see. Keep a journal. Some people do that. That can be helpful. Not everyone likes to do that, but sometimes just writing it down. You can sometimes buy journals. There's Bibles where you can take notes on the side. Mm-hmm. So, uh, some of the so- Bible softwares have that. Yeah. Um, I usually will. I'll take notes when I'm studying something. I'll use Word. I'll put a stuff put stuff in Word, or, or I have a an, I have a a uh, note program in my. I can actually write things um, in my phone. So a Galaxy Note, and and I'll actually type some things in there. I'll make lists and type some things that I'm learning. Uh, so keep a journal. Calendar some dates with God. You know, if, if somebody's valuable, if something's valuable, you'll put it on the calendar. I mean, maybe you don't operate this way. That's fine. Not everybody does. But it, it might be a good thing to do. I, okay, every Thursday I'm gonna, in the morning I'm going to meet with God. Put it on there, you know. Um, so a lot of times if you write it down, it's more likely to happen. If you find yourself being distracted, that's, that's a strategy you might like. Um, use a book. Based devotional. Sometimes they'll have devotionals, like people will write a devotional on the Book of Mark. You know, sometimes I've even had people pick a small group will pick a devotional by somebody that they respect, and they'll go through a book. Yeah. 
Um, that can be helpful sometimes. Um, start a small group Bible study. Um, we did that in Sacramento. We wanted to get out of the house. Uh, so for a while we did one in a, it was a, not Starbucks, but um, what's the one that comes out of, man, I'm having, a, I'm having brain issues. Um, it's one that comes out of San Francisco. Anyway, there, it's, it's, there's, there are these coffee houses. And there was one that was in a um, grocery store. So we actually met for a number of months in a grocery store in the coffee house. And people were walking by. We're just studying the Bible, talking about Jesus. It's kind of cool, you know, doing it out in public. Um, so, you know, consider starting a small group Bible study at your house or somewhere else. Uh, at a McDonald's, you know, who knows. Um, here's one that uh, I really like. And some people feel like they can't write in their Bible because it's holy and it's sacred. Yes, it is. But I'd rather have the word in me than the word on some page. That thing is going to fall apart someday and turn into dust. I want to get the word in me. So under, here's my tip. Underline and write in your Bible. I have things circled. And I circle this word. I put it off to the side. It means this. And it's really kind of cool because you have, it's like you have your own commentary then. I can pull out my Bible. There are a couple Bibles I can pull out. I'm on my, like my third or fourth Bible now. There's a couple Bibles that I can pull out and I can preach from that text because I have all these rich notes written in the margins and stuff and it will remind me. And it's also kind of a cool record because you can go, oh man, I remember that during that stage of my life, I was really learning about this. And you can pull it out and it's just, it's a great yeah, tool. Yeah, I don't write in my Bible. You don't? Nope. But I take notes. Chris I take, doesn't, Chris I take doesn't lots write of notes. It's not because I think the words, the paper is holy or anything. I just don't just write that's books. That's what works for you. Yeah, I don't write in books. Yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah. I like the way it looks, but there, that's why I was saying that I know there's mm-hmm. there's wide margin Bibles, there's note taking Bibles. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. And yeah. if if you're, I would the only thing I would say is get a, a Bible pen. Yeah. So it doesn't bleed through the paper. I have had that happen. Yeah, yeah. You, you, that is, uh, you can get them for like mm-hmm. a buck. You know, they're not expensive. They yeah. might be more now inflation. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, uh, sometimes it makes the, that particular verse easy to find. Like if you know it's going to be one of your favorites or you know it's going to be a life verse, go ahead and mark it in the text somehow. Underline, highlight. People use highlighters. Sometimes people will highlight different things in different colors. I, I, I'm not that that organized, but some people sometimes people will do that. Hey, and when you're gone and your kids find the Bible, you'll have your notes in it. There you go. Um... If you don't understand something, phone a friend. Remember that that uh, there was that uh, game show, and they would have all these things they would have to answer, and you had one phone a friend you could use to help you with uh, pick the right answer. Well, so, I mean, uh, if you're having difficulty, uh, find somebody who's knowledgeable about the word. Call them up. You know, some of these Christians that have been around for 50, 60 years, and they know their Bibles. Call them up. Hey, what? How would you take this? What's your take on this? You know, phone a friend. Um, pray scripture and sing scripture. That's kind of interesting. People are going to think I'm weird, but you know what? The Psalms were Psalms. Mm-hmm. Um, praying scripture, it's it's hard to go. I mean, it's like you're when you start like uh, the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. Chew on that for a little bit, and just in your own devotional life, God. You're my father, and start just pray up, pray on that. Hallowed be your name, Lord. Let your let your. I mean, don't do it like a rote prayer where it doesn't mean anything to you, but just Lord, let your name be known in the earth. Lord, let your name be kept holy in the earth, and just pray on that for a while. Does it make sense? So um, there are, are apostolic prayers. People have made lists of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be. Uh, enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the inheritance in the saints. Yeah, man, just pray through that. You know, yeah, I mean, I think the word is promises too. Like you mm-hmm. know, God, you know, they asked Jesus how to pray, and mm-hmm. like you know, Alan said, you give us examples and any anything you ask in my name. A lot of times mm-hmm. when I pray, I say, Lord, you say anything you ask in your name. Like mm-hmm. this is your scripture, this is your word. Mm-hmm. You know, and so then I ask it. You know, so that's another part of uh, uh, praying scripture, knowing scripture, memorizing it, because there's those times. Um, If you're a worship leader, you know, uh, here's an exercise for you. Pull out a psalm and just start singing. I mean, it won't, the uh, because it's it's translated, so it's not going to be perfect.
but just pick a phrase and just start singing it. You know what I mean? It's, it's really cool to develop that. People in charismatic circles will call it prophetic singing, where you can speak, you can sing what, what the Lord is doing in the audience. You can sense it, the Lord's moving in this area, and you sing it, and there's like an amen in the crowd, and they respond to it. Sometimes that comes through singing, start, starting to sing scripture. And that's a good skill to have. So, anyway, or if you just want to sing by yourself, that's okay. But yeah, it's something people do, you know. Um, so, anyway, um, remember, just in closing, remember that the Bible is it's a menu, not the meal. Um, and and it, it, the purpose of it is to uh, introduce you to Jesus and introduce you into how you live your life. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a user manual for, for people, right? And how you do, how you're supposed to walk out church. So if you keep those things in mind and love is primary, you don't beat people, beat people up with it, then it's good. Just learn, do it, learn the Bible, get the word into you, get the word into you. Yeah. Anything you want to close with Chris? I just think, you know, for me, I, I find my life in the word, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, if you really get into these things like we talked about, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll be drawn closer to the Lord, which that's mm-hmm. really where the life, when I say that, that's where the life comes from because he speaks yeah. to me through there. Um, and that's how I know his voice. A lot of times when I'm out mm-hmm. ministering or something, you know, he's not going to have something that doesn't line up scripturally. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I know how he speaks to me from, from my time there with him. And so it, it, it's, a, it's a great place to be. If you have a question, I know this is going to be on YouTube. This is the first time I've ever done a live broadcast on YouTube. So I don't know how well it's going to turn out. So I'll have to evaluate this. Hope, hope, hope all you guys can hear us. But if you have a comment or question, comment below, uh, below the video. Uh, and if you have a question, I'll look at this. Um, Chris will probably look at it the next day or so. And we'll try and answer your questions. Not that we know everything, but we've been Christians for a long time, both of us. And I, and, and I know a lot as far as experience. Um, so I'll, I'll give you an opinion if you have a question on how to study the Bible. Um, if you know somebody that this would help, tag them. You know, um, hope this is helpful. Um, anyway, um, Lord, I ask that you bless everyone listening to this podcast, and I ask that, that this would help some people go further in their faith by knowing your word. Amen. This has been the Wake the Giant broadcast. I'm your host, Alan Garrett, and I've been here with Chris Van Scoy, uh, Three Nails Ministry. You can find him. Where can they find you these days, Chris? YouTube, Run, Rumble, MeWe, Gab, you, Parlor. Okay. All those. Oh, no he's, more Facebook. He's, he's trying to stay off Facebook. The, yeah. So, I, And I get that, but I'm not off there yet. So. Instagram. So technically Instagram. Kind of Facebook. But All right. There you go. There. All right. Thank you very much. And we will see you all. Check out my other videos. Have lots of them. Chris, I think, has a YouTube channel, too, called Three Nails. Yep. This has been the Wake the Giant broadcast. I'm your host, Alan Garrett. This is the end of part one, how to study your Bible, Bible study tips and suggestions. If this has blessed you, please subscribe to the podcast. Feel free to share and like on social media.